You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Grom! 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 Was that Grom? Grom? Yeah, th- thank you. Was that a little call and response here? Did that happen in the movie? We're... Did I forget? No! It? No, but I feel like it should have. That is a good name to chant. Uh, I'm glad you finally jumped in on that. You're such a lone wolf, like someone I like, someone I know. You know, Major Grom. Oh, Major the, Igor Grom of the the lonest of wolves, Saint Petersburg Police. <laughs> yes, I which I like the way the 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 movie seems to depict Saint Petersburg as a city and a country, as if it's not connected to Russia. <laughs> it was yeah, very weird. They kept like acting like you could fix Saint Petersburg from the corruption of the world, and it's like. Well, no, it's just a city. It's like, you know, you can't fix New York. But you get to see all the incredible sights, you know, of of St. Petersburg, you know. You get to take a look at at um at Palace Square, the Marble Palace, you know, uh uh the you, you know uh Yelegan Palace. And of course, as we all remember, the giant 10 neighborhood wide circular dump right in the middle of the city. Yeah, that was a thing where I thought for a minute, I was like, is there a gigantic dump inside the city limits of St. Petersburg? Because that seems weird. I, I think it's like a very historical and pretty city. <laughs> it's an extremely bizarre reveal. Like it is an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like uh, the dumps from Wally. Yeah, (laughs) it's just like piled to like the sky as if you could climb it to space. It does help it feel like a Russian Gotham, you know what I mean? Where it's like whenever you see like them like show up to like a an abandoned fairground that appears to be like next to like a residential area, you're like, what is this place? Who's the city planner of Gotham? Who's doing this? (laughs) Where should we build this at? Have you guys seen the abandoned (laughs) warehouse district? I was thinking we should put it right next to that. Well, we've got 12 different abandoned fairgrounds uh, and circus tents. Who keeps trying to build them here? Like, who, who, like why is why has everyone come to Gotham, the darkest, rainiest, most sad place on earth? It's like, you know what this place needs? A, a six-ring circus. Well, let's face um, it. Circuses can only go to places that are very sad because nobody else wants to see them. <laughs> But my Batman comparison doesn't stop there because I oh. feel like I watched like a Batman, like a Russian version well, this of movie, the most recent Batman movie. This movie should have been called Major Trope than the Plague Doctor because like <laughs> all of them are in here, man. It's like every single one. Journalist girlfriend, which I was like, wow, really just didn't even try on this one. Uh, annoying wide-eyed sidekick who's by the books and very naive. Uh, what were some of the other ones? I, I wrote some down. Well, and the, the, the story accused at one point. Uh, yeah, the story makes you definitely see. Yeah, uh, don't forget about um, uh, uh, secretly you're you're the villain the whole time, split personality. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Cop who comes in from like the federal government and is uh-huh. is evil because he works for the federal government. The federal government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie was really funny too because apparently it had negative reception in a couple of ways. Because of its its interpretation by both sides, like pro Kremlin, like Russian spokespeople didn't like it because it implied that the you know Russian society was was plagued by rich and corrupt individuals. But also anti government people didn't like it 
because it implied that they were all criminals <laughs> and that the cops needed to be trusted to deal with them. Like, so it was like, <laughs> it, it pissed everybody off. <laughs> that, was, that was something that really got me was like, they try to set up sort of like the plot of the movie, which is the plague doctor goes after the rich who get away with crimes. Then he just like starts kind of killing a little indiscriminately. And then there's like a bunch of copycats join in. But then at the end of the movie, they just start attacking regular citizens, just like people walking their dogs. They're not even, they're no longer attacking the rich. They're just killing anyone. It was really confusing. You know what I mean? Like, at least in the the, the Batman, the one with uh, Robert Pattinson, like, those guys are all insane. And they're like, you know conspiracy theorists sort of people who show up and their goal is to yeah they're unhinged yeah 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 yeah. yeah. this is just supposed to be like everyday citizens just decide to go kill a guy selling whatever the russian version of falafel is yeah which apparently was paid a lot of big falafel paid a lot of money yeah i I could not figure and it was like this woman like when she is she's like oh my god i was like i assume that this this was just normal street food like you know i mean i like yeah like filming a movie in new york and like good pizza at one point they're like oh my god like yeah no shit like i mean it's kind of like the movie's plot is kind of like um v for vendetta except it ends more like like the joker the recent joker film where it's like at first everyone's like rising up against you know uh, uh a tyranny and then eventually they're just sort of like clubbing senior citizens yeah because at, at one point music. there's just like a guy getting out of his car they pick him up and throw him over it and i was like what did that guy do he's like that car's not nice he's just driving like i was like getting road. home from like a f- like a full shift at like a factory yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just got done like working at a power plant where he's getting he, cancer he was planning to go upstairs and get his mask on and join them, but, but they jumped him too early and he just got caught up as a victim the, instead of a perpetrator. I did also find it hilarious that, like, they were like, the cops were like, please, we don't want to use tear gas. I'm like, These, this uh-huh. is the same yeah, Russian police force that, that once killed hostages <laughs> just to kill the hostage, the terrorists who had taken them hostage. That is, that is definitely where people got the confusion around the idea of this being, like, pro-police. Oh, yeah, a little bit of A little bit of what's called copaganda. When he was standing <laughs> on the thing, he was like, please disperse. I was like, this is Russia. Those guys have to shoot them. They're just <laughs> mowing those people. Like, I mean, it's happening currently. They're, like, kidnapping yeah. people off the street. Uh, p- Russian police would be so quick to assault someone for do- for doing what these people in this movie did that they might assault us for talking about it here yeah. in America. <laughs> that's that's get how aggressive here. they are. If they can get over here, they're going to kick my teeth in. Oh, so- we're in some serious <laughs> trouble, guys. But the it wasn't cre- saying that... We're on a Kremlin it- watch list now. It did seem pro-police, but then, like, we spent the entire time being, like, everyone who has money or power got it, got it through corrupt means. Well, I also and, like, th- that pisses off everyone else. And, like, an upper government is a disaster and corrupt, too. The, the, the and, thing like, that, like, the real message seemed to be the only people we should trust are YouTubers and a cop who refuses <laughs> to wear a uniform or follow police procedure. Because every, every other cop is incompetent but, or indifferent. They're, like, you'll the meet worst a lot of police. cops in the world. You'll meet, yeah, so much so that they like they they were harming people and like taking from people and like failing to arrest people. Like the one he, guy, he did, says, the one guy didn't want to get up, so he just told the one guy, "We'll never find your wallet." Yeah, that's what he told that him. Grom, who is 
like a a revered impl- like a revered Grom, detective looks like a taxi driver. Yeah, Grom is is revered, and he encounters an ar- arsonist who wears like a wild mask and blows up a car, and everyone's like, "That's insane! That can't happen! Who could wear a mask?" You know what I mean? Like yes. nobody believes him when he describes it. Uh, but I thought it was so funny how instantly that was like the, the like the least likely shit in the world that would happen in this insane city. Yeah, I just like um, yeah, they were like, well, we caught him in the outfit. It must be him. It's like, but here's this the thing: the laziest police work I've ever seen in my life. I, I want to cover this movie because it was long, <laughs> but also, also Pogues. I know we've just been kind of like dunking on stuff for eight, eight minutes or so. Um, it's not. It's not bad though. It was. I, I was expecting it because like, I kind of liked it. <laughs> you watched the trailer and it just looked like insane. And there was like, yeah. I will say one thing, which is non-debatable on, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Russian music sucks. <laughs> like Russian pop oh, yeah. music. So no, I thought it was land. just going to be, but like, uh, the the plot is sort of hard to follow in in a couple of places. And I couldn't tell if that's because I watched the dub. And I just didn't know if maybe they weren't. Or is it because it's right. like six different movie plots that someone stitched together? Yeah, I, I could, style? there was at one point I was like, I feel like I missed a bunch of backstory, and I've like backed up to be like, did I somehow skip ahead while watching it? But like overall, I was like, this actually isn't that bad of a movie, and it could have been a better movie. Like if if they made a Hollywood version of that movie, I think they could, I think it would actually be pretty good. Yeah, this it does movie seem had like... a shocking. I was also expecting this to be like a sci-fi. Not, like, the genre, like, the sci-fi channel. You know, like, where it's enough money to get one or two famous people-ish who used to be famous 30 years ago. Sure, yeah. just film in a location. But, like, this movie had good production value. And, like, kind of an interesting look. Those weird criminals in the beginning who were wearing those, like, weird cartoon heads. It had had a full-on, like, 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 major Hollywood appeal to it like it, it like we compared it to the most recent batman movie but honestly it visually like stands up next to it in a couple of in, in, in a lot of places um honestly is, i found it less annoying than watching the batman <laughs> it, it it needed some edits i think i don't think it deserved the time the, the runtime that it, that it, that it, go get, it took two hours and like 10 minutes here's i don't think thing. it really earned that well here's the problem is it's like it's two hours and 10 minutes and i'll, I'll be honest they never really explain who Grom is. It's like 30 minutes in before you realize the guy who's in charge of the police department he works for is his uncle. Yeah. They didn't explain that early. Like, there's yeah. just all this stuff that, like, just comes out. And you're like, boy, they really should have explained and, like, this better. The big casino fight feels like that finale in the new Batman movie. And so that felt like that's, like, the pretext, almost like the, like the ramp up to a climax. But that's that one hour of two like so there's yeah. just like a lot of like it's, it's a very roller coastery like you know movie where you're just kind of like going from um from peak to valley but yeah it's gorgeous it's a very good looking movie the costume designing is kind of a delight i really like how the plague doctor look i love that grom yeah. is just a guy in, in a, a leather, leather jacket. jacket with a flat cap that will not fall off <laughs> Also, like, that they make a couple of references to the fact that he's always wearing the same outfit, and he keeps smelling himself to be like, ooh, I don't smell good. Like, they bring up the fact that, like, he's like, ooh, I stink, because I've just been wearing a leather jacket and a t-shirt for fucking three days. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Um, 
and, and like I said, the the criminals who robbed the bank were they had the worst dub in the entire movie. But like their costuming was really kind of neat. The plague doctor looks cool. The even and like what? the weird like scene in the uh, the casino looks sleek and stuff. Overall, yeah, I was impressed they, with the. They chose also to do some really like fun experimental like camera choices. Um, like for I, the one that stuck out to me was when he, there's a montage of him kicking in doors. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and they're like rotating the camera. The camera, the camera is doing some impossible like around the world rotation to flip under the floor to the next scene. It's it's genuinely impressive camera work that made that really interesting to watch. Well, I mean, plus it's just CGI, it features, but yeah, it is cool. like it rotates, so like you'll see. Him plus, it features door. what the other thing that I think at points succeeds in this movie, which is good humor. Cause I, I, I literally guffawed at him kicking in door, punching, uh, you know, gangster kicking in door, like threatening a biker. And then he goes to kick in a door and his foot just goes through. <laughs> and he gets stuck in the door. He's like, ah, damn this door. He's like, he's like shitty door. And he like kicks out the bottom and then puts his head through. And he's like, I'm looking for information. And yeah, he's still I, interrogating. He's intimidating them while he's like halfway through the door. And he's panel. like climbing through as the camera like, it, it keeps rotating. So you see like the like yeah. the inside of the floor, and it goes to the next one, and then it cuts back, and he's like drowning again. <laughs> and I was like, the, it's, "There's a couple of moments where there's kind of funny jokes in this movie." Yeah, the other one that struck me was when he finally catches um, the bank thieves in yeah, the opening yeah. sort of action number. He, someone asks who he is in that classic who are you way and then he like poses dramatically the music swells it cuts the title credits yeah it goes back it starts to the guy, like rotating in yeah and the guy's like sorry you're not talking yeah. like, why are you being so quiet who, the, who are you motherfucker and then he walks up and punches him and then it rolls the credit back and then the yeah game. and it goes like it jumps back as if it lost if it lost timing on that credit title. i actually yeah when like, that happened I was that like, was okay, really that's funny kind of a funny joke <laughs> that was really fun uh, and there's a couple moments like that throughout the movie. It loses a little bit of that fun, and the the action again like will rise from being like pretty impressive. Like the chase sequence with the truck is great, you know, and the and the casino fight is good. But I really couldn't tell you any other good fights other than like maybe the finale. No, even the end um, fight I didn't think was actually that good because it's. I mean, the villain. No. I don't know why his special power is he he has like flame gauntlets, but. Uh, it's mostly just a lot of it is Grom just running away while that guy shoots flame in the general direction he just ran, and so it's not. I found that yeah, quite the, kind of disappointing. And the and, and the enemy doesn't have any other like any other any things in no his pocket. No other gadgets, like, which I was kind no of, no gadgetry. He, he's a tech guy, but he has like no additional security. You know, no no well, no. Int- he he, has, he doesn't like trick Grom into go to some area he can lock him in. You know, he he just. Well, I was just sort of surprised. Walks that, around. Like, with they, fire they talk about how like he bought this suit and it's like millions of dollars and it's like oh it's you know cutting edge and it's like well it's just flamethrower wrist which i mean don't get me wrong i guess is impressive but I, I was expecting the suit to do other stuff like he could fly or you know what i mean so like i was expecting because at one point during the final fight scene he like rips off one of the gauntlets and breaks the other one it looks like but then it works the rest of the, the fight so I thought, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. He's going to have some other power. Like, he's going to pull out, like, blades that come out of those gauntlets. And then, nope, the flamethrower is just back. And I was like, oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> you know, I was yeah, like, I was kind of hoping it for it to be a little more You want him to be almost like like a like a Batman character with, like, a lot a lot in, in, in his tool belt, his metaphorical tool belt. And, he, yeah, he really doesn't have anything at all. Um, but uh, this this was like a, a fascinating movie. So for some background, even though this is pretty late in the episode for it, Grom 
is a well-liked comic book character whose opening story arc is about the plague doctor and everything. And then when they were looking to bring him to, like, to, I was about to say it, to Hollywood, but really to whatever the equivalent is in Russia, they made, like, a very high-budget short film, which is just about him stopping a bank heist. And that's kind of where this movie picks up, almost making it, like, a sequel to, like, a 30-minute short film um, where he's chasing the same the same heist heist members. I don't know if, how direct it ties in. But it opens with this great... And like you said, I loved the heist costumes. They look like that was repeated out of a costume or, or out of the comic. I, yeah, I wonder you know if, that is, if, that, if that's in the comic or if the guy who drew the be. comic was just like, here's something weird or what. But they have, like, these big, round, like, cartoon heads... And they're masked, obviously, but it, like each one of them is different. And then they're wearing tracksuits, so you know they're Russian criminals. <laughs> but yeah, yeah and they, each... this started the first of the moments where I was like, what the fuck's going on? Is he jumps in the van and gets shot, and then they oh cut God. to him at his funeral, and he wakes up in the coffin, and I was like, oh, is his superpower he can't die? Like, he comes back to life? Because I had, I have, I had no, I have no clue who Major Grom is. And then he just says, think. And they cut back. And I was like, oh, can he reset time? And apparently, no. It's just him thinking in his head what happens in fights and how he can win them. Yeah, I think the best comparison I can think of is in the in the, the, the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he, Robert he Downey does Jr. sort of the Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes movies. thing. He does, but in, in the Sherlock movie, he perfectly like reads the room and then acts out what he has predicted is going to happen. And I believe in those movies is typically right. It plays out almost exactly that way. Grom is like trying to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's like, oh, I could jump in and punch this guy, and then oh, and then I'll get shot, and that's not good. Well, I could go out on the side of the van and try to get to the front door, but it's a it's a it's a vault truck, so I probably just get hit by a car. You know, and so he's like working it out, and that that comes up a couple of times later in the movie, including what I would thought was a pretty dramatic one in the other lackluster fight scene, which is him realizing that he you know if he does one thing he'll get thrown out the window. If he does a different thing, he'll burn his friend. If he does a different thing, he'll burn the journalist. So he decides to just, like, throw himself and the villain out the window and is only in the, at the last moment saved by his newfound understanding of friendship because he had a character arc, didn't he? He did. No longer is he a lone wolf. He's part of a pack of werewolves, which I didn't <clears> understand. Didn't get that one at all, but I'm glad that the response to that was just to lock him in a, in a closet and go on with the story. <laughs> yeah, I did find that kind of funny. He gives his speech. He's like, you know what? And then he just... He's like, go get me a shotgun. And he goes in the room and he just locks but, it. I was like, all right, that's kind of funny too. Well, I was also trying to figure out what the deal with Grom was while watching this movie like you were. I couldn't stop laughing at the idea that the movie introduces this such a handsome, like chiseled jaw hero chasing after like a, a vault truck, jumping heroically inside and then just being shot in the chest with a double barrel shotgun and then cut to, cut to a funeral with grieving police officers. I was like... What is this movie gonna do? Like, <laughs> is Grom dead now? Are there more than one Grom? Like, what's going on? Is Grom like Dread Pirate Roberts? Yeah, that's. What I was like, I couldn't figure because I, I had no clue what was going on. So it's like he can control time. He's unkillable. Yeah, I need but, some but, information. It turns out Grom is just like an uncooperative police officer, and that is the extent of his powers, other than to be able to like punch good and take good punches. He felt He's like he was a like... a pretty good detective. He, not great, but pretty good. Not great, because at one point, he doesn't know that there's an event for millionaires at a casino, and he's like, oh, that's... It. I was like, Jesus, man. Yeah. How would you... Like, if you're looking to see... Also, 
that's a point later on in the movie. So the plague doctor has killed at this point, I think two or three, uh, like millionaires who are evil. And then there's a casino opening and all these people show up and I'm like, you all deserve to die. <laughs> like You have no sense of self-preservation. If there's a guy murdering rich people, don't congregate into a building. I just thought, I, I couldn't believe that like there was that many people there. I was like, you guys are all idiots. I do have to frequently wonder with um, with, with with these people, but also with like <clears throat> in all of every single Batman movie, like wh- wh- why are rich people un- so unsecure? Why are they so frequently without security? Um, to the point that like it makes sense that like an organized villain like the Joker or Two Face could orchestrate sort of his way into a gala, but these were just sort of like a loose collective of angry common folk. You know what I mean? And they just, like, busted in. There wasn't a single person stopping them in that casino scene. They were just there very quickly. <clears throat> yeah, um, it, it is, like, uh, pretty crazy. But the top of this movie, uh, after we get introduced to Grom, introduces to another interesting pair of characters to suddenly get our heads around, which is these seemingly, I thought... I assumed brothers, then 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 quickly lovers, and then back to best friends, and then apparently hallucinated friend. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be honest. Dude, despite the fact this confusing. movie is Trope City, I did not see that coming. No, no, the the the, the twist that that guy isn't isn't real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where he was like, well, he's dead, and I was like, wait, not what? a unique premise, but the movie definitely did not give it away before it was a reveal. I I genuinely also didn't see it coming either. But they are confusing because. His friend looks like as if like a kind of a dollar store version of Steve Jobs, uh, Oleg, and the main character, the one who's actually alive, who's actually ultimately the villain of the, of the film. I don't know what to describe him like. His hair is a mess, and uh, it, well, does, it does not get better. Did you notice anything about the two villains? Uh, well, just that one guy looked like Steve Jobs. Oh, here's what I noticed. Um, okay. When they first showed them, I this is the note I wrote down. These bad guys look like Russian knockoff versions of Jesse Eisenberg and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I mean, I and see the main that. bad guy, yeah. he looks like Jesse Eisenberg's version of Lex Luthor. He has like the same haircut and almost the same face. And I was like, boy, I wonder if the dub purposely made him not sound like that <laughs> because they were like, we're gonna get sued. But I didn't know if that was supposed to be on purpose. But then I looked up the comic, and the guy does just look like that. But the actor, to me, looks so much like, you know, like a Russian knockoff uh, bag. You know, like you go and get, like, a Prada bag from Russia where they smoke Prada <laughs> with, like, an eye. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I could when I saw it, I was like, oh, and the other guy kind of looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. And I, they are, that, that, that whole sequence of the film is a little confusing because I do not know what his purpose was. Oh, this should also be a great point. For me to, to suggest, I switched around right around this time from the English dub on Netflix, which was fine, but some very strange choices for some of the delivery, to the Russian version with, with subtitles. And everyone sounded better and felt less cartoonish. And it was an immediate improvement. Namely, the tech genius slash plague doctor, um, Sergei. Uh, he sounded way more normal, way more emotive, and he didn't sound like a scared child the whole time like he does in the english audio dub yeah i, um, I had to imagine some of the dub was questionable at best but 
the movie again continued to bewilder me here because I'm as I, like you as I'm still trying to identify what the deal with Grom is, <laughs> which is by the way a great sentence. Um, uh, uh, as I'm trying to figure out what the whole stuff with Grom is, the movie um, throws you these bizarre characters who I can't tell what they're doing. I guess they run like a Facebooky Twitter thing, but also yes, are like a, Tony Stark's like tech giants, and then also they're releasing a a new internet that allows you to do the internet. And no one can track your data or tell you what to do, which sounds like a bad idea. Um, it sounds like just dark web, like <laughs> like and and there's like super encryption. And the whole time I'm like, what does it have to do with literally anything? <laughs> I was I was like also very confused when he was describing it, and he was like one sided encryption. I was like, don't you need two sided encryption? Because even if you like, if you connect to a server and your end is encrypted and theirs isn't, can't they still see where you're coming? I mean, can't they still? log your ip i i don't know it just seemed but it was very weird because then he described and this made me wonder and i was too lazy to look it up does russia not get the full internet either i thought that was just china that had like because he said you can view which this was also confusing because he said you can view websites even if the state has decreed you can't which i was like well that i would assume your business would automatically be illegal then if the state says you can't get somewhere and you're giving people a way to get there wouldn't that be a crime but then i was like do they have Chinese internet where it's like they it blocks like freedom of speech and stuff? Or is this guy like you can go look at illegal porn? You know, because I, mean? I was like, I don't want people to be able to get to websites that the government, you know, what I mean, because like those are usually websites that contain disgusting things that should not be allowed. So I was very confused. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, just double check it. Yes, there are some very extreme internet surveillance and censorship going on there's an entire like uh uh government agency whose job it is to to deem things and it has kicked it in a higher gear with the war in ukraine with any kind okay. of um opposition. I, yeah I, i'm not up i just you know i just know russia seems to be a hellscape of a yeah. place to live <laughs> yeah, yeah. but when he said that i was like oh, i hope that means like the government's monitoring it and not like he's just like go fucking look up the grossest shit you know what i mean because i was like i don't like this guy if that's the case but also, like, we're like, th we're like thirty minutes into the movie, and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> well, this was also something I thought was weird. Was like they sort of introduce, uh, let's call him Chekhov's augmented reality uh, <laughs> assistant. Like, there's like this floating robot that can talk to him. It's like a hologram that you can see when you're wearing like these augmented reality glasses. And I was like, oh, this this has to come up later in the movie. No, it doesn't. So it just seemed like such a weird thing to include. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like if the Batman began with somebody explaining Google Assistant and then it just never came out. Like, okay, I, yeah, I get it. You can, you can use voice commands. It's 2020. I got it. You know, I, it was just such a bizarre, because like you said, I, I was like, oh, this must be like really crucial to the plot. And then as it went on, I was like, no, it had nothing to do with the plot other than I guess he's rich and this guy was able to, because the, the movie's plot is actually very similar to the Batman, to the point where, like, if this is the way the comic went, they should probably sue Warner Brothers. <laughs> because the, <laughs> the plot is basically, there's a crazy guy murdering people in society he thinks are bad, and posting it on the internet, and, be, and getting a cult Wait, following. Which just is just because the plot you think, to the Batman. Just because you think 
an eccentric loner who grew up in an orphanage and understands the struggle of society ultimately would go on to use his intellect to turn himself as some sort of avatar of justice against the corrupts. Okay, yeah, yeah, this is the Batman. This is the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, never mind. Um, also, uh, yeah. watching this where he was talking about, he's like, you can do what you want. I was like, well, I think Twitter is proven we don't want that. <laughs> like, this social yeah. experiment has already failed. Um, but this, this movie is fascinating because as it starts to ramp up, I mean, again, the visuals continue to succeed. I'm just like scrubbing through it now. And like, you know, he escalates his killing with like that banker and he's just in this gold laden palace filled with piles of gold in this plague doctor costume and cloak, like setting fire and cascading flaming money out to the, the people in the streets. Again, this movie this movie succeeded at, like, being uh, up to snuff for a modern film. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest problem with the movie was um, it started off, like, he kills this guy who gets away who drunk-drivingly drove into a pedestrian who was a child and killed her. And then, you know, he proceeds to, like, you know kill that guy and you're like all right i can kind of see this the next person he kills is a banker who stole this money from the people who put their money in the bank embezzled it and then foreclosed on them and then took their money and you're like okay i, I kind of see that and then he just goes to this guy owns a, the landfill and he's like i'm gonna murder his seven-year-old son and i was like wait what <laughs> like this movie jumped from like if you want me to have any sympathy for this guy he can't go straight to murdering a kid who has nothing to do with anything it was so just very that, bizarre there's some fun there's some fun stuff about that i was digging up some interviews and again i mentioned that there was constant like criticism of both the movie and at times the comic because everyone kind of interpreted the comics message differently <clears throat> but there was an overlap where in the comics the plague doctor was leaving behind like white ribbons which at the time were also a symbol of uh russian protests in like 2013 so this was seen as like a direct you know comparison as in like the russian protesters were just like lawless criminals and like groms out there like knocking their teeth in um <clears throat> so he started having to change he wrote that he realized after a couple of uh, of issues with the plague doctor that readers seemed to like the plague doctor more than igor grom <laughs> because he felt like he was fighting for true justice by trying to take down the corrupt and fighting for like the oppressed in society so he quote had him take advantage of peaceful protest and begin a bloody coup d'etat to, to ensure that <laughs> readers didn't like him too much wow so there is a problem there where he wrote the character to be he basically wrote v from v for vendetta you know what i mean like yeah yeah this, he wrote this a is... character that, it, that that was like in, in that movie is maybe not the hero but certainly the protagonist that you put your empathy towards as you witness his struggle and what he's been through that's almost what people are going to do with this so you had to sort of like twist it and i don't know if it totally succeeds because again the people are like hey like these people get away with everything. The system's rotten and corrupt. Even the cops are in on it. So I am just going to, like, you know, go nuts. And, of course, in the movie, they, as we talked about at the top of the episode, they just start, like, clubbing, like, fruit vendors. But, you yeah, know, if you do... The, the, the guy who sells whatever that delicious street meat is. <laughs> you, you do wonder, like, 
um, if the author really understood or the director really understood <laughs> why people might might not just be like, hey, Grom's a, a tough leather jacket wearing dude. I, I'll, I, I'm on board with him 100%. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have liked that, like, if the movie had made it, the guy sets up these people who want to be, like, vigilantes and going after the rich. And then he's basically like, yeah, they're going to go out and kill all the rich for me. And then they're all going to get arrested. And I'm just going to disappear. You know, like, the plague doctor is anonymous. I'll disappear. They'll all get arrested for doing my dirty work. And then I get rid of all the people who have low moral fiber who would commit murder. Then you would be like, oh, yeah, this guy's like a prick. Like, he's, he is just a, a rich person using the poor for his advantage, even though that's supposedly what he's against. But instead, he's just like, let's murder everybody. And, and like, 90% of Russians are like, yeah, let's just start beating up anyone we see. It was so bizarre and, like, just so out of place. Yeah, and it left, it left there to be sort of a, a, a certain confusion when it comes to, you know, connecting with the the moral fiber of the film. But, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, did you see, at some, just to, just to move away from the political and moral discussion, at some point someone says, hello, my mustache friend. And I wish I knew more people with mustaches because that is a nickname that I would like to introduce into my regular speech. It, it, you want to just start saying that to people? I don't think that's going to come off well. <laughs> hey, my mustache friend. Yeah, it, it, there's something weird about it. I don't know what it is, but Can't I don't like quite it. Put my finger on it. Um, did you also like that we learned that Grom can dance? Uh, <laughs> did we learn that? Because that was another note I had, which was, boy, these two <laughs> dancing is not as impressive as the director <clears throat> thought it was. Well, what what, what I also we're reminded of is is you know the beginning we're introduced into Grom's mostly annoying, useless sidekick who appears throughout this movie, uh, uh, Dubin. Dima Dubin um and we only about like I don't know 45 minutes into the movie do we meet the other person who we learn will become a regular fucking character which is uh Yolanda who's like the um journalist yeah um it just like most movies feed you the main characters early <laughs> and then you get used to them and then you learn about them this movie's like, hey, this character now is vital to the plot, and they're coming in at, like, minute 60. <laughs> well, when they first kind of introduce her, too, you think she's a bad guy, because she, like, steals information yeah. and then leaves, and you're like, oh, she must be, you know, part of the plague doctor, and then it's like, nope, she just runs a YouTube page. Her scene is also exceptionally confusing, because she fakes a sexual assault outside of or in the vicinity of major grom's apartment with the intent that he will rescue her from two guys that she has paid to assault her which by the way bad plan right out the gate <laughs> not a good idea to pay people like pay random like street villains to pretend to sexually assault you that really could go only one way yeah and, <laughs> And, and then Grom shows up, and, and the, the second part of her plan, that the part that makes it successful, her plan being to get into uh, this police officer's uh, uh, living quarters and, like, steal some of his files, 
is that Grom will save her from an assault and then take him back to his living room. Yeah, that part was, like, kind of upsetting to me because I was like, why did he bring her back to his home? That's, like, very nefarious for a police officer to do, you know? You should never let a police officer who just helped you from a crime take you back to his place to, quote, hang out, end quote. Well, um, for a number like, of reasons. One, that's a state that that's set up for yet another sexual assault. Number two, um, that means the crime goes unreported. <laughs> that was the thing I thought was crazy was when she left and we realized it was a setup. I'm like, he just beat those guys up and left? Like, why didn't he arrest them? They were trying to... Uh, that's, uh, you know, at least a mugging and assault and attempted sexual assault. Why did just they not send of... them to jail? And he just kind of knocked them around because when she comes out, like, five minutes later, they're like, ow, my knee hurts. Like, yeah, they, he's like, he <laughs> punched up my face pretty bad. <laughs> and, yeah, we learn that, that, that she's just stealing information and releasing it onto the internet. Uh, which, thank God, because, you know, <laughs> it, it's definitely YouTubers that are caroling journalist integrity into the 20, until the 22nd century. That's really where we're... That was the really thing I, I couldn't believe was like when the story was like, she has blogs. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh. <laughs> and But then she has like red hair like she's on like TikTok. You know what I mean? I was like, why does, if, just, why does she look like a cam girl? But it, like, If someone said, oh, I have this, you know, you guys heard that story about like that thing that happened downtown. Don't listen to the media you gotta listen to this youtuber that has never once been a good idea <laughs> you know there's that whenever someone's like hey this is fascinating information and they pass me like a youtube video if it's not like hank green teaching me about the civil war it's probably a flat earth QAnon video so yeah like it's just like i don't really understand like why this woman is being uh, depicted as like this pinnacle of like rebellious journalism and also drives a corvette what is your life? Yeah. <laughs> what, I, do you, I, what do you do? Yeah, she's like... Are you Mr. Beast? Like, I don't understand. She was, like, almost depicted as if she was, uh... The... Like, like a... What do you call him? Ah. Journalist. Influencer. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah, sort yeah. of like, a, I'm on TikTok, I, you know, and yeah, then yeah. all that. But then it's... She also just... I don't know. It was so weird. I mean, I, I don't understand why she couldn't have been just a journalist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like work like for the just, paper? Like I'm a professional journalist and I work Works for the paper. Work for a paper that's like a daily version of something, like Daily Earth. <laughs> yeah. Or Daily Trumpet. You know, just something that's new and unique. Um, But she appears right around the time as we get the special agent, who it's kind of a wasted character a little bit. Um, he just has really big teeth and he's kind of a prick, but I don't really know what his motives are or like what he's trying to do. He, like most people, most police officers in this movie, their profession is incompetence. Like they are all terrible at their jobs. They don't investigate crimes. They don't understand how to investigate crimes. Um, nobody, the police, nobody at the police station watched three videos of a serial killer killing billionaires and then was like, well, there's that event where that corrupt millionaire who tore down a historical monument to build a casino i'm sure that guy i'm sure nobody will show up to that event we shouldn't have police there just in general really when you think about it usually when there's an event like that they call and ask if a couple of cops can hang out but i was like all of you are incompetent why did nobody think and it was just so weird and then it was also one of those things where it was kind of dumb because what well, i you know i know grom's lone wolf and everything but 
why couldn't they have just told the police to show up there? Because it's their literal job. You know, it's not like they'd be like, no, we don't protect. Or maybe they don't. I don't know how Russian cops work. Uh, <laughs> this movie makes me think many things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie certainly, you know, provides you a perspective. Um, I mean, it is it is most certainly propaganda. But reading a lot about the original, like, creators and the interviews, it seems like they didn't mean to do, to do politics, but accidentally did. It seemed like they wanted to do an homage to V for Vendetta, not realizing that that is a seriously political piece of, of, of fiction. Um, well, that, because also the, this thing in uh, V for Vendetta is like, it was about the actual police state that England was under at the time, where they were like installing CC cameras everywhere, and, yeah, and it, the, the crackdown seems... because of the IRA, and Margaret Thatcher is like overreach of the government, and all sorts of stuff. It so seemed like the like, writers yeah. dug that vibe, but didn't realize the implications of doing it, you know, and shifting it into their own country with their own problems with well, I think, stu- with an observable state. I think the other problem was <laughs> that, like, in View for Vedetta, the cops are also the bad guys. Yeah! <laughs> Because they're fascist. Um, and in this movie, you're like, well, it's like Fee for Vendetta. The bad guy is doc- is Plague Doctor. You know what I mean? Like, that's the hero of V for Vendetta. If you, if you can call V the hero. You know what I mean? That's who you're rooting for is the guy going against the government, not the guy who works for them trying to stop him. You're not like a, you're not really pulling for that one guy from the finger to catch him. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're not like, boy, I hope that cop catches him and executes him. What's interesting is that... Um... In in the uh, in the comics, you know, the first storyline about the Plague Doctor is relatively close to the plot line here um, in the film. From there, it kind of goes like really wild. Um, uh, uh, th- th- like it, it starts to spin off into like Yulia, the the journalist, dies in one of the like the arc right after this, and then from there, like the Plague Doctor is arrested but he's kidnapped by a cult that tries to make him an avatar for a god and then Grom goes to confront him and is turned into a giant bear and fights him Wait, as like what? the raven god yeah <laughs> he turns into a bear yeah he he is like transformed into like a monster of some kind like a like a bear monster and then he's brought back to human form and then this is like the literal wikipedia describing like the last or perhaps one of the more recent arcs i don't know how if this is still in publishing, I don't think it's still in publishing, but it says Grom begins to take experimental antidepressants, <laughs> which is a weird way to start which your like, new arc. It, it's, it's basically like we made a comic book arc off of Pope's life. <laughs> <laughs> he's real sad and taking drugs for it. All right. What else happens? That's it. He's just real. It's, it's, uh, we didn't get that far. And the, Mind the, the last, before this series was uh, later rebooted a couple years later, because this one came out like 2010, 2011, um, it ends with, with Grom being confined to a mental hospital. Uh, so this fucking takes off from this launching point of being sort of like an accidentally political piece into like full-on like occult supernatural, like like uh, a wild shit. It connects up with apparently other Russian comics from the same publisher that include like, um, uh, uh, like, 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 kind of like a Constantine character and like some sort of crime fighting barbarian. <laughs> so a crime fighting barbarian. <laughs> it's definitely 
this, this there's like a grama verse here <laughs> that I kind of want to read now. <laughs> I hope they. I hope this Netflix keeps making these. <laughs> yeah, I need. I need. I more. want the crime fighting barbarian in uh, Saint Petersburg. I feel like though, probably not going to happen due to Netflix pulling out of Russia. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably for the best. It's probably incidents that have, that have caused it to happen. But that did not stop the creators of this movie from doing, drumroll please, two post-credit sequences. Oh, yeah, I could not. Now, keep in mind, this was before things got real bad. But yeah. there are two, and I, I I just put, seriously, at the at the end, that was my last note. Because the one, they, there's these two doctors talking, and they make such a, a big deal out of both of them saying each other's like full name. That I was like, these must be characters from the comics that I'm supposed to be like, oh, oh shit, you know what I mean? And then they like show a guy, they wheel a guy in a wheelchair, like facing the camera, and I was like, that must be a character I'm supposed to know. And then his his room in this insane ward appears to be like, it's just a marble floor, and he's just sitting on it. And there's a half asleep guard in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> and he's being talked to by his weird alter ego. But then there was another scene at the end where we find out that Olag, or Oleg, the man we thought was dead, uh, that the Jesse Eisenberg character, because I refuse to remember his actual name, uh, was picturing as still being alive, but was actually this like split personality he had. He's still alive somewhere, and he sees a news report, and that's supposed to be huge. And I, I was like, well... This better make sense to people who read this fucking comic because I got no clue what is going on here. It was yeah, which is insane bizarre. because the idea of Oleg was just there to be like, oh, they've been friends since they were in the orphanage together, and they're very close, and so that's why you're seeing them like just the two of them like hanging out together in, in many scenes. Like he's just supposed to be that sort of like like vessel to 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 to, to pull the um, the mid plot fight club reveal that it's it's just you know your split personality so i don't know why him being real is gonna help yeah why him still being alive is like (laughs) maybe he's part of the cult that breaks him out i guess so uh i also there was one point too where uh i did kind of chuckle because i was like boy this this bit is not going to translate well when they're making fun of him for saying that like he saw a plague doctor which i i don't understand why like in this day and age we're supposed to pretend like people don't know what the plague doctor mask is like it's pretty pretty common but they're making fun of his description and at one point they're showing him a picture of somebody and they're like was it this guy we might have trouble he's immortal and i was like boy russian folklore transferring over is this joke is like it's koshi the deathless who's this guy who like hit his soul in an egg that's inside of a rabbit that's inside of a goat and he yep, can't I die. I did not know what that was. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, boy, this is a weird bit to put in here because I also in my mind thought, I don't know if he's that popular in Russia. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like it's a very, you know, it's sort of be like just a weird joke to throw in, like for Americans too, just some obscure like 18th century Edgar Allan Poe background character, and be like, I'm sure people will know. Uh, something else that was, I guess, an Easter egg, or not, or not an Easter egg, but more of a reference, is in every single issue of Major Grom, he is depicted with a scarf in addition to his classic brown jacket, flat cap oh, look. so that's what the scarf... At some point, he referenced, like, wearing a scarf or, or wanting a scarf or yeah. something of that effect, and that's that's what they were getting at. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, what a deep, pointless cut. Uh, a real, a real, a real deep cut for those those major Grom heads out there. 
<laughs> the Gromyites. <laughs> the Gromyites out there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't actually like that. I don't know. <laughs> the real, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this I don't know. This movie also started really crazy, which is like we're introduced to three children trying to murder a dog. It's like uh, that's serial killer behavior. <laughs> like these oh, two yeah. kids are monsters. And then we find out they're burned to death by I don't know how this one kid captured them and burned them to death, but uh, and then the movie Jesse Eisenberg's been evil the entire time. That that's the opener, and then like near the end, the movie's like, hey, what if we had a love story in here? And it's like, I don't think I've got room for a gromcom in all this. You know what I mean? I I, I, I just God, you've been waiting to bring that in, haven't you? I can see you watching this and be like, oh my god, gromcom! Holy shit! This is gonna kill, and it did. No mistakes were made. Um, hey, uh, no, I loved it. <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I saw it coming a mile away, but I, I did not. It. I did not see it coming at all. Never thought Gromcom. Never would have entered my mind. Uh, but I, I, you know, it's weird because these episodes we just spent like you know forty minutes just talking about all the stuff that didn't make sense and plot points that felt incorrect, but. Like I, you know, we watch a lot of movies where, I, m- motherfucker, I'm bored. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, or I, I, I just like you know this movie. I mean, I had to, I had, to, I scrubbed here and there just because it is like an unnecessary like two hours. But it is loaded, and it is is perpetually good to look uh, yeah, at. Yeah, I did, I did not find it to the point. A lot of times when we're watching these, I'll be like, I'm gonna watch this at like a one and a quarter speed or one and a half speed. I just don't <laughs> yeah. care. And, like, it, you know, and I did scrub through a couple, like, especially uh, some scenes where it's just, like, people driving and there's obnoxiously loud music playing. But for the most part, I actually did find myself just watching the movie and being like, this isn't that bad, which was really surprising. I expected this to be, you know, I thought the episode was going to be like, oh, my God, I hated this. Why did we do this? This was one of our worst decisions ever. But really, it wasn't, it's far from the worst movie we've ever watched. I mean, it's far from the best movie we've ever watched, but yeah, and and tropey I think it's as in the it happy was, middle, maybe just like a little below the middle. It, yeah, Tr- tropey as it was, it had some surprises for me. Like I didn't really know how some of the fight sequences were going to conclude. You know, when I, I thought Grom was fully going to sacrifice himself when he concluded that was the only way to like save his friends. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. uh like you said, like I didn't, I didn't totally see the. Actually, I didn't at all see like the twist coming that Oleg was just a figment and because um, hey, I will a... say that in, real quick in that scene the you know Jesse Eisenberg's character I think his name's Sergey he's like freaking out because Grom is there interrogating him and he's afraid that he knows that Oleg is or whatever his name is is the plague doctor and he says you know give me a name and in the like the shot they're framing the two of them sitting on these two couches and you see Oleg walk in like you see his body come into frame and walk past and he goes Oleg and he like jumps back like he's afraid and Oleg turns and stands behind Grom and then all of a sudden you realize Grom doesn't react to this guy and he said that's what I thought until I found out he was dead and I was like oh my god I did not see that like I thought when he walked past the camera it was going to be like a jump scare and he was going to run up and like punch Grom or whatever (laughs) so I was really caught I mean it's like I said this movie Trope City but I did not see that one coming yeah no and 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 it, it keeps I mean, like the you know the, the the scenario of the city falling apart and and the chase of this villain and like the fight scene we said was lackluster, a little disappointing, just because the villain doesn't have any more complexity to really work with. 
But, you know, it's really good visuals of him just sort of, like, holding a, like a, a piece of sheet metal and deflecting fire and, like, tumbling out windows. I mean, like, for a movie that called, was called Major Grom Plague Doctor, I didn't expect to be kind of like, this is fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I Like I said, I was expecting this to sort of be like, uh, and I can't, there's been so many, like, when we watched Man-Thing, yeah. and I thought that was going to be hilarious, and it was just like a slog I, I hated every minute of watching that one or you know when we watched suicide squad which i knew was going to be bad but like i loathed that movie and i like it was painful to watch i was surprised that i actually sat because i didn't look at the runtime when i started the movie i just started and started watching it and like when it got to the end when it was in the credits i was like does this have any like post-credit scenes and i was like wait this movie was two over two hours so yeah i, I don't know I, I guess the question is Ben, would you recognize? Would you recommend uh, people watch this movie? Yeah, I, I honestly think I would, just because I think nobody would expect it, anything from it, and that I think that would allow it to be even more of like like us a, 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 an even more enjoyable watch, just because you're expecting some weird, like uh like dollar store superhero movie, and you know it's a little it's pretty thin overall with with story, but it's uh. It's a pretty delightful thing to watch. Uh, yeah, I think I would actually say that if you have Netflix already, I would watch it. Because you're already paying for Netflix. Get your money's worth. And money's probably, worth. I would probably, I didn't do it, but... Get uh, your rubles worth. Yeah. I would recommend probably watching it with the subtitles and Russian, just because some yeah. of the voice actors are egregiously bad. Um, yeah. Which is standard in any dub. They always There's always, like, some guy you assume was, like dropping off like a DoorDash guy coming to the recording studio to drop off food for the engineer and he's like we're short a person come in here and read these lines <laughs> uh but yeah i i would say watch it because i was really surprised at like the style of the movie and like i said there are some uh, some jokes land flat but some of them i actually was surprised that i chuckled at because i usually yeah. don't you know when i watch a movie by myself i usually just sit in silence <laughs> you know what i mean i'm not animated uh, so yeah, I was pretty surprised. He, he's in there watching uh, what we do in the shadows with a stone face, just like no response at all. None, just <laughs> like a statue. One single tear running down the side of my cheek. Um, <laughs> well, I guess that's it then. Um, we will obviously not be here next week uh, because we are two members of America, American citizens. And, uh, you know, I'll be celebrating Thanksgiving and Ben will be celebrating, uh, I, I will Native be outside day. starting a protest about Thanksgiving that will ultimately culminate in me and a bunch of people just ruthlessly clubbing senior citizens that happen to be striding, rolling, uh, driving fast. They see somebody with like a homemade turkey or like a kid <laughs> with one of those things where you oh, trace your man. hand. Oh, he's going to take him out. Just, in his, just a crowbar. Just a crowbar action. costume. <laughs> yeah all right now it sounds like i'm being offensive yeah now i realized after i said it, i was like now i sound racist towards uh, native americans <laughs> i'd like to apologize to the native american community um, and i'd like to keep your racial slander in this episode oh i'm not allowed to cut this one out i mean no. not that there's more than this <laughs> come back next week i promise i'll be better pokes surely you've cut by now 